0: Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Thanks for being here today, guys. And I wanted to do a special welcome to Jim and Vicki Overholzer. They're in the back row. Wave at us. Yeah. Jim and Vicki were a really big part of our church when we started early on, and they then moved to Florida. I don't know why they moved to Florida with all the snow up here, but uh, they're visiting this weekend, so good seeing you guys, good having you here. Uh, So today, we're going to be continuing our summer series in the book of James called Life Hacks, Life Hacks, and uh, James is a very practical book in the Bible, so uh, that's why we called it that, and uh, we've been starting out every uh, message with a practical life hack for you, okay? Okay. Some have been good, and then there's been mine. Mine haven't been quite as, quite as good. So uh, I'm going to continue that today. So the very first one uh, that I thought of, I found this week, is uh, the situation where you cut yourself, you know, or your kid has cut their finger, and so you run to the bathroom and you're trying to find in a closet somewhere, a pantry. I guess it's not a pantry. You wouldn't go to the pantry, right, for a Band-Aid. Anyway, so anyway, you go there, you find the box, you open it up, and you're trying to find the right size Band-Aid. Well, this life hack will help you with that. So here it is. What you do is you put the individual sizes in different baggies, and then you label them by putting the Band-Aid on the outside of the bag. Doesn't that sound good? That would be helpful for me. Is that is that convenient? All right, I'm just following it. So I, I have a better one to follow it up. If you've ever been a single parent, watch this. That's how you put a ponytail on your daughter. <laughs> I will tell you, when I was a single parent, that would have been nice. That would have been nice to know about. So Anna's, Anna's here would have been putting a ponytail all the time. So... <laughs> All right, you guys can turn to the book of James. We're walking through uh, the book of James verse by verse. We're going to be in chapter 4, starting with verse 11. And um, the title of today's message is Life Hacks, Spiritual Direction for Our Time and Plans. So again, very practical verses here today. So starting in verse 11, I'm going to read the first two verses and then talk about those. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? So a few weeks ago, uh, we had a message in chapter three about taming the tongue. And a big part of that message was to make sure you're not slandering your brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you missed that message, you can go back and, uh, and watch it and listen to it. But a question I have for you, if you saw that message, is how are you doing with uh, not talking bad about your brothers and sisters in Christ or, or people who aren't wearing masks or people who are wearing masks or people who are protesting or people who aren't protesting? How are you guys doing with not talking bad? Let's think about it for a second. I know for me, you know, it was a little bit of a challenge again, uh, a little bit convicting because one of the things I like about going through Scripture verse by verse is that God will teach us something and then he'll come back around and remind us of it. That's the reason we should always be in our Bibles, just reading our Bibles every day, because God wants to make his purposes clear again and again and again. And he knows that we forget and that we need to be reminded. Now, this Scripture goes on to say, it says, when you uh, slander your brothers and sisters, then you are making a judgment of them, and we begin to judge other people. And that section of the scripture really struck me this week because it says that we are sitting in the place of judgment. Well, who's supposed to be sitting in the place of judgment? God is, right? So think of God sitting in his on his throne in a place of judgment. And we're coming along and saying, oh, here, get out of the way, God. Pushing him aside, jumping in the chair. And, and like, I'm the judge because I know better. Well, if you uh, think of a courtroom, all right? So there's there's a courtroom, there's a judge, there's a jury, there's lawyers, there's a defendant. You know, you have all of these people testifying to The situation. And and the whole reason for the courtroom experience is to get to the bottom of whether or not someone is telling the truth or not, right? I mean, what is the truth? That's what you're trying to get to the bottom of. And as we know, even with all of those witnesses and all that time and money, sometimes they're still wrong. Well, here I am when I'm judging my brothers and sisters. I don't have a bunch of witnesses. I maybe heard a story or maybe I saw something posted, But I haven't taken the time and gone through all of that interview process. And so probably more often than not, I'm wrong in my judgment. But let's talk about God for a second. God doesn't need a jury. He doesn't need witnesses because he knows everything about everyone, right? I mean, so we will watch a preview of a movie and go, that looks like a good movie. And then spend two hours watching it and go, that was a terrible movie. The preview didn't share everything. Well, when we judge people, we're only watching just a little bit of the preview. We don't know a person's heart. We don't know a person's thoughts. Scripture says in uh, Psalms 139, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. God knows each one of us completely. He knows every word we've ever said, every thought we've ever had. Only God is qualified to judge. He knows it all. He's never wrong. So here's your first life hack. There is only one judge of man, and we ain't it. I'll tell you, this struck me personally pretty hard this week because I can be pretty judgmental. And uh, the idea of me taking God's job and sitting in the judgment seat was pretty convicting. I said, but God, sometimes I do know enough to make a good judgment. And I felt like God said to me, he said, even when you're right, it's not right for you to judge. Again, very sobering, but also pretty freeing, too, that, that we don't have to be going around being the judge and jury of mankind. You know, God God can do that pretty well on his own. <laughs> Doesn't need my opinion. Doesn't need my assistance. So when you find yourself this next week or in the weeks to come placing judgment on someone, just remember that life hack. There's only one judge of man, and, and we ain't it. So... All right, moving on. We're going to read verses 13 and 14. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this city, this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. While you do not even know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So... 2020 has been kind of a crazy year. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, what plans did you guys have moving into 2020 that didn't happen? I mean, we we all have been there, right? My my daughter, Rebecca, this was her senior year of high school, her senior year of softball. And, man, we were so looking forward to her hitting that elusive home run, you know? She had hit the fence last year up to bat, and we're like, all right, this is the year are going to hit a home run. Well, it didn't happen it didn't happen. In May, um, Rose and I had our 15-year anniversary. So we had plans to go out to Nevada, go hiking, and spend time out there. That didn't happen either. Here at Lighthouse, um, our word for this week was to go deeper. And uh, we certainly had an opportunity as a church and as individuals to spend time alone, (laughs) to go deeper in our Bibles, to go deeper in our relationship with God. But I'll tell you, we had planned on it being a growth year and uh, had special plans for Easter and for uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day. And we didn't even have church services in person any of those holidays this past year. Certainly didn't have any visitors as well. Um, So things changed. And then for our, our baptism Sunday, we were actually hoping to do kind of a big lake party at Ideal Beach until they closed the beach for the summer. I mean, who would have thought that they're gonna cl- they would close a beach for the entire summer. I mean, if someone had written like a news story on everything that has happened this year and then gave it to us in January and said, hey, this is what's gonna happen, we'd be like, that's a terrible script. That, of course, could never happen. They don't just close beaches. They don't close school. Of course, they're gonna do sports. Why would they not? But yeah, if 2020 has taught us anything this year it has taught us that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow we do not know what is going to happen tomorrow now the scripture goes on to say what is your life you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes and we know if you if you take a spray bottle and you you pull the trigger on it mist will go out and then it just disappears or if you get up in the morning and it's misty out and foggy out And you go for a drive, it just clears up after a little bit. That's how Jesus or how God is comparing our lives. God inspired James to write this scripture. So think of this as coming not from James, but from God. Now, God has been around for all eternity and will be around for all eternity. He created the heavens and the earth a long, long time ago. And then about 6,000 years ago, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden And they were kicked out of the garden about 4,000 years later. Jesus is born, and it's been about 2,000 years since then. So if you just think of the history of mankind, which has been about 6,000 years, and then you compare it to the average age of a person in the United States, which is today 78 years, 78 years compared to 6,000 isn't very many. I mean, that's, that's a mist you know that's a myth. it it doesn't last very long and then if you take a look at eternity which is also in mathematically known as infinity and you add 78 years to infinity it's still infinity it doesn't even doesn't even matter eternity is eternity that's our life our life is incredibly short so At one point, each one of us will vanish. Our lives will be over and each one of us will vanish. And what we do each and every day with that time that we do have is incredibly important. Incredibly important. It reminded me of this poem that I'd heard once before. And I've read part of it here before, but I want to read it today. It's called The Dash. It says, I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time they spent alive on earth, and now only those who love them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. And so the time that we have here on earth is incredibly small. But I will tell you, what we spend it on matters. What we spend it on matters. So here's your second life hack. Live each day like it's your last. That'll change what you do with your time. Live each day like it's your last. All right, next two verses. Verse 15, Instead you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. And as I read this this past week, what stood out to me the most was the very beginning where it says, if it is the Lord's will. And that that was challenging to me because I'm a planner. And so I, I make plans and then I talk about my plans and, and set vision for those plans. And what God was speaking to me today is I, I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. I mean, he reminded me of 2020, right? So we can have these plans. Hey, by the way, just a side note? 2020 wasn't a surprise to God. All right, let's just all acknowledge that. It shocked humanity. God was not surprised. He knew what was gonna happen. And so when we make our plans, we shouldn't brag and boast about them, say, here's what I'm gonna do. This is what I'm gonna retire. This is what I'm gonna do with my money. This is where I'm gonna go. It's better to add a little bit of a disclaimer on the end saying, Lord willing, or if it's part of God's plan. Or I hope to do this if it's part of God's plan for my life. Does it make sense? Because when we say those things, we're verbally stating that I'm not in, tr- in control of my future. God is. And God has plans for us that are sometimes, many times, much better than the plans we have for ourselves. Can I get an amen on that? Because it's so true. We'll make our plans. And God will go, "Ah, that's a good idea, but if you only knew what I knew, you would make different plans. So I have some different plans for you. And so submitting our future to God is important. Submitting our future to God. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Many of us have that memorized. And it goes on to say, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in a future. And we we focus on the plans over there to prosper us and all that. But today, I want to talk about the first part of that verse. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. God has plans for us, each one of us. And trust me, those plans are so much better than the plans we have for ourselves. Now, many times when I make plans for myself, it involves me, right? Right? This is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. This is who I want to be with. And when God has plans for me, many times they have to do with other people. It's It's a bigger idea than what I can see myself. But he wants us to be instruments of his love and goodness to other people. And so, again, submitting our plans to God is important. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't make plans. But I love this verse in Proverbs 16.9. It says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. To me, you know, and I think of humans plan their course, it's like we plan that general direction of where we're headed, but the Lord establishes their steps. He establishes, like, that's like a daily thing. That's like to the minute, where I'm going to go next, that very next step. So we can be heading in a general direction, which is good, but be looking and listening for what step God has for each of us each and every day. Well, let me tell you this, guys. When I plan for myself to take care of myself, um, that's not nearly as good as the plans that God has for me. And when I do what God has for me, which usually involves helping or being involved in somebody else's life, then it brings life. Scripture says, if you want to gain your life, you will lose your life for me. And so when we give our lives away, we gain life, we gain love, we gain freedom, we gain hope, we gain joy, all those things that we also desire. So here's your third life hack. You can write it down if you want. God's plans are greater than my plans. God's plans are greater than my plans. All right, so we have one more verse we're gonna cover today, verse 17. I'll be honest with you, I would rather this not be in our Bibles, just so you know, Full, full disclaimer. You'll know in a second why. So verse 17 says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. It is a sin for them. This is like having a job description that tells you, here's what you have to do. And then at the very bottom, it says, and any other duties as assigned. It's like a catch-all in scripture. I mean, I'm a rule follower by nature. And so, you know, when scripture says to do something, you know, I can feel convicted to do it or not to do something. And I try to follow that. So it says, you know, to take care of orphans and widows in their distress. I get that, you know, but there's so many things that we are faced with every day that fall into the gray area, right? It's not specifically stated, you know? So if somebody needs help, I'm like, well, they're not an orphan, they're not a widow. I guess I'm off the hook, right? You know, we can go do that. But then God throws in this scripture in James and says, oh, by the way, and if you see the good you ought to do and you don't do it, see, that's a sin. Like, oh, Lord, why? Why did you throw that in there? Because I don't know about you, but I see a lot of good that needs to be done in this world. If you're looking, if your eyes are open, there is a lot of good to be done in this world. And so scripture is pretty clear. If we see it and we know we ought to do it and we don't do it, man, that's, that's sinful. That is a sin. So again, spent some time talking to God about this one. <laughs> Get feeling convicted, being a little repentant. And so um, this past week, I, I like, okay, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start opening my eyes to some of those things that I need to do, some of those good things that I ought to do. And so I was driving up to Lake Michigan and uh, to spend some time with God. I'm just going to go there and spend an hour or two on the beach and just focus on him. And uh, As I'm driving, there was a wooden pallet in the middle of the road and I saw it just in time and swerved around it and kept going. And I'm like, "Oh, thank you, Lord, for saving me from that wood pallet." Listening to my worship music, just kept on driving. And God says, "Hey, that's that wood pallet's still in the road back there." Yeah, it is. I hope somebody moves it, you know. And and guys, like, I think I think maybe you should go back. You know, that's maybe some good you ought to do. You know, go back to scripture like, oh, Lord, I'm already a mile down the road. I got plans. You know, I'm going to go sit at the beach and spend time with you and worship. He's like, I I think you should go back. And then God pulls this, this really, if you can say this, he pulls this dirty move on me. And he And I had a vision. I mean, it wasn't an actual vision, but I just kind of had this vision of my kids, one of my kids driving their car and hitting that pallet, popping their tire and maybe swerving off, maybe crashing. I'm like, oh, that's that's low, God. That's low. I'm like, all right. So I turn around, I drove back, pulled the car off, walked up the road, threw the pallet in the side, got in there and and drove off. I don't know if that, that did anything for anyone, but I know that it was some good that needed to be done, and God asked me to do it. I... It went on. Then later in the week, I'm driving to Walmart from my house, and there's a guy walking along the side of the road. And uh, so I rolled down my window as I pulled up to him, and I said, hey, do you need a ride? And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. Are you going to downtown? Downtown Osceola. You know, I mean, theres I didn't know there was a downtown Osceola, but there is. I said, yeah, it's on my way. And so I drove him up to the bowling alley. You guys didn't know there was a bowling alley in uh, Ocala either, did you? So, um, and we were talking, he was out of work and, and I told him I was a pastor and dropped him off. Anyway, when he got out of the car, he actually came back to my window and said, hey, what time does your church start? And I'm like, oh, it's 9.15. I gave him one of our invite cards. By the way, feel free to pick one of those up off the name tag table. It's a great way to tell people about our church. But anyway, but I gave him the card and he said, thanks. And he walked away. You know, he asked me what time our church started because I did a good deed. Does that make sense? I mean, scripture says they they will know you are Christians by your love. And so, I mean, in, in a day of age of COVID, people aren't picking each other up, you know, and giving them rides. And so that was another opportunity to do good that might have planted a seed for eternity in that individual. So then so then I'm on a roll. I'm like, oh, man, that's two good deeds in a week. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> and the last one, the guy is actually wanting to do something, you know, maybe come to church. And so I went to a drive-thru of Starbucks, and sometimes I'll buy the coffee of the car behind me, um, and it was one of those days, and, and I felt like, oh, I should buy the coffee in the car behind me. And I looked up, and it was this guy in a really nice car, but he's by himself. I'm like, I can afford that. And so I get up to the window, and I say, hey, um, can I buy the guy's coffee behind me? She's like, oh, yeah. She rings it up. She says, that's $15. I went, $15? <laughs> I look in the mirror. Is there anyone else in that car? You, wanna, you still want to do that? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Gave him the money. And kind of drove. Now, my car has this, has a, the Jesus fish on the back. And so part of when I do that, I know that they're at least aware that I'm a Christian. And it's good to have that, unless you're flipping people off, then you probably shouldn't have that on the back of your car. Um, but it is a way to, to shine Jesus to people around us is to do that. And, but I, I will be honest with you, it sometimes is painful It can be painful. So here's a question for each of us to consider today. What is the good I ought to do this week? What is the good I ought to do this week? And for some of you, something may come to mind right away. You're like, oh, yeah, I ought to do that. And if if you have something, you might want to write it down, take it from your mind to actually reality in front of you, and just say, I should do this this coming week. For most of us, though, I think it's more of this awareness that I, you know, as studying the scripture and going through it this week, God has made me more aware of the opportunities that I have each and every day to do good for somebody else. Now, I will tell you, I'm not sharing those to brag. I don't want to do that because let's go back two weeks and there's probably a big nothing that I didn't do for anybody. Um, But no, I did that because there's a scripture that says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And I think one of the ways that we can spur one another on is we tell what God is doing in our lives and doing through our lives, okay? So when I share those things, I think that sometimes it can give us ideas. I think that it also can encourage us and go, oh man, I haven't done anything in a long time. Um, so this week, and for just this week alone, we are going to spur one another on by sharing those good deeds that God convicts you or challenges you to do. So this is not a week of bragging, don't get me wrong. We're not gonna be bragging about it, but we're gonna be spurring one another on. So if you have Facebook, uh, if you're not already a member of the Lighthouse Vineyard Church group, uh, please try to you know search for that and join that group. And this week, I wanna encourage you to post On there, what God has challenged you to do and what you've done, those good deeds. Because when you see the good you ought to do, we should do them. Does that make sense? So just for a week, I just wanna encourage you all, if you see that, post something, and if you're not part of that group, join it so that you can see those things that God is doing. Man, our purpose statement here at Lighthouse is to love God, love people, and shine Jesus. Good deeds, doing the things, the good things we ought to do, that's how we love God, that's how we love people, and that is how we shine Jesus. All right, here's your last life hack. Doing good might be painful, but do it anyway. It might cost you $15 at Starbucks, but do it anyway. Do it anyway. I'm gonna invite Lyndon to come on up here and close this out.
1: Thanks, Clint. Fifteen bucks at Starbucks. Yeah, that's tough. I know. Like, all right, so thinking there while I'm sitting and listening to Clint's words, and I am I was really tracking with uh, the sin of omission. And I really appreciate Clint's honesty and just being vulnerable and letting us all know that it's not easy. <laughs> and sometimes I think we think, I think we think, sometimes we can think that, oh, he's a pastor, he always does the good stuff. It's hard, okay? It's hard to take the extra time out of our schedules that are so stinking packed full of this and that. It's hard to say, yeah, sure, I'll take some time and do this good deed. It's not easy. But, just as a reminder, James 4, 17 says, and we read it earlier, we'll read it again, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Oh, man. The sin of omission. So, that's tugging at my heart this morning. I think we should, I think we're gonna pray for that. Uh, we did it first service, we're gonna do it again. So, and with it, whether it's small, like, paying for someone's $4 Starbucks or picking a pallet off the road or saying something kind to someone that looks like they're having a really bad day, even if you don't like that person. Or maybe you are doing the good deeds and you're just getting sick and tired of it because nothing really seems to come from it. how many times have I cleaned up this bathroom at work and it's still dirty, I should just stop? Yeah. So, if that's, if God is tugging at your heart this morning saying, listen, I need you to pay more attention to what's going on around you and I'm putting right out in front of you when I've been tapping your shoulder and you've not been answering that tap, um, I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to pray for you. So if you're thinking, yeah, I need to do better at that, you're not alone. Stand where you're at, and we're claiming when you stand, we're claiming that we need need God's strength right here. We're in this together. In the scripture, it says we are a mist. We don't have long on this earth. So don't, I don't don't let yourselves get to the end of today and wish you had done what God was asking you to do. Don't let yourselves get to the end of your life. We don't know if that, that might even be to the end of the day. And realize, oh, what did I do? What didn't I do? Thank you for standing. We're going to pray for this group. Father, we ask that you would give us the strength that we need to do the good that we ought to do. And that we would not forget to ask ourselves that daily. What is the good that I ought to do this week? And not just ask it but act on it, even if it makes us late for something. We never know what someone else is going through and what someone else is needing at that moment or what our little act of goodness, kindness will do for people coming down the road. as small as it may be, God sees it in the mists that we are, it's not long. So we ask you, God, that you would give us the strength. Remind us, those friendly reminders, help us to act on those, God. Forgive us where we have committed sins of omission. God we want to move forward and today's a new day and right right now from this moment forward we ask that you would fill us with the energy we need to do it even when it doesn't make sense even when it's hard timing isn't right or we may not simply want to we'll do it because you ask us to God thank you lord and if everyone else would stand at this moment So God, we we thank you for your love. Thank you for this time that we've had here together today worshiping you. Thank you for the words that you've shared with us. I pray that as we go from here, you would give us what we need, that next that next uh, direction, the light in our path, God. Help us to make our plans uh, with a Lord willing at the end of them, God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks everyone for coming out today. It's awesome to have you here. You're all at this time you're dismissed. And if anyone has any kind of prayer request, prayer need that you're you need prayer for, we have a prayer team. You can come on up and they can pray for anything you got going on in your life. Otherwise, have a great week.
0: Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being
1: part of our family, and we will see you next time.